Hello, my friend. You are listening to Pod. Today, we are joined by Karima Negmush, aka Karima Creative, as known on Instagram. So Karima is an entrepreneur, brand and web designer and self-care advocate making all her dreams happen from Raleigh, North Carolina. Karima quit her job just three months after starting her business and has managed to successfully scale, even while trying to balance doing hashtag all the things. We all know what that feels like, right? And as someone who struggled with anxiety and depression for most of her childhood and adult life, Karima is a big advocate of self-care, avoiding burnout, and nurturing personal relationships so that it's not all work and no play. She works with badass and high-achieving entrepreneurs everywhere to help them show up and play bigger because everyone deserves a business they are proud of. Hi there. Thanks for tuning in to Pod, a podcast crafted by Tiana Tai to help you purify your purpose in business, love, and life. Whether you're an entrepreneur, dog mom, or just getting started, you're bound to find value as Tiana dives into meaningful topics each episode. So settle in, turn up the volume, and welcome your host, Tiana Tai. I've got to take just a quick second to ask you for a serious bit of support. TiePod would not be possible without your reviews, your comments, and just all of the positive feedback that we've been receiving so far. So if you haven't already, please go on, hit subscribe to make sure you're not missing out on any of this good and free content, and also be sure to leave a review. You may think that I'm not looking at them, but I swear to you, my friend, I read every single review and it just makes my heart so happy. So if you haven't already done so, hit pause, leave a review, and then let's get back to the goodness. First of all, your bio just gave me like all of the vibes. It made me so happy. (laughs) I know. I was like, it sounds so good when you read it. I need you to just like follow me around and read that for me for the rest of my life if that's okay. I'll just like be your bio announcer. I got you, girl. <laughs> I know. So, I love that. Karima, take the mic from me. We want to hear like your story, uh, just a little bit more about your entrepreneur journey and how you have landed here on Typod today. Yeah. So I basically, I always like to start my journey with the really not so fun part of my like life really, which was when I got into the corporate world. I was a marketing director and then I was a writer for a few health and fitness magazines and I actually got fired from my job. And that was when I was right out of college. And I thought at that time, I was like, you know what? This is my rags to riches story. Like I'm going to be the girl that was like, hey, I got fired. Two months later, I had this amazing idea and now I'm a millionaire. And then I was trying to do that. And so I started by designing um, some resumes for friends for $25 out of a coffee shop because I actually lost my apartment because I couldn't afford my bills. And um, as you could probably go ahead and guess, that did not make me a millionaire by the $25 resumes I was creating. So I got a job waiting tables at a barbecue restaurant in Kentucky, which sounds, well, it was as luxury as it sounds. Um, And I remember one day, like, I just was like, 
I had like a breakdown because I was giving someone some like extra ketchup and they were like, hey, like you seem so driven and ambitious. Like, why are you here? Like you're even always picking up hours here. Like I see you doing all the things here. And I just broke down and I was like, okay, you know, I got to take like this time that I am spending on trying to like project this, I guess this need to do something and doing this and like something that's not going to get me anywhere to actually trying to make the needle move forward. So I got another marketing job as a marketing director for a few healthcare companies. And they um, basically were like, hey, like we saw you do web design and we want you to do that for our clients. And so barely barely knowing what I was doing, I started designing like these sites for like hospitals and urgent cares. And I remember being like, who am I to do this? And I was getting paid like 30k, which was nothing. And then I found out because they told me they're like, yeah, we're charging like five to 10k per site you create. And that was kind of like, the. I was like, okay, and I'd done probably like 15 sites. And that's when I was like, hmm, you know what, like, maybe I'm going to try to do this on my own, because people are clearly willing to pay. Um, And this is my work. So I I was honestly like I ended an engagement that I was in. And so I left this guy and I packed up my bags and I was like, I'm going to move to North Carolina. Still really don't know why. <laughs> I just always thought I'd thought I'd live here. And I uh, moved into a downtown apartment and I hired a business coach and everyone thought I was insane because I absolutely did not have a business yet. And I, I just started just fully like immersing myself in the whole entrepreneur space. I joined a bunch of Facebook groups. I um, hired the business coach who basically like held my hand through the first few months. And now I've been doing it full time for two years. I've scaled past six figures and I just do brand and web design, like you said. So that's my life story. She said, I just do, right? <laughs> right in combination with, yeah, it's been two years, scaled past six figures, <laughs> moved states, did all these amazing things. <laughs> oh, I love it so much. I have so many questions just off the top of my head. But the first thing I really want to pick out, because I feel like the the ladies listening to this who have come from that corporate space, I feel like many of us had that moment that mm-hmm. you spoke about, right? Where it's like, oh, I just found out that this company that I'm working for is charging people thousands upon thousands of dollars for a project that I know that literally was me. Mm-hmm. Yep. What am I doing? <laughs> Oh my God. I just feel like that statement alone was so relatable off the top. Yeah. And I think that really was, and I'm so thankful for that, like in retrospect, because that was kind of like the moment where I think that I got a lot of like the confidence in moving forward. And I think like you said, we all, if we really dig deep, like in the corporate roles that we're in at the time, like we can find like when you write out like what all you're doing and sometimes Mm -hmm. we feel like oh we're not doing enough or whatever that looks like but when you really like sit there and think about how much money you're making a company and you realize that you really are the person who is doing this then it's so easy to like think well if I'm doing all of this for them what could I do for myself when I really am showing up in that same way and I think that's kind of I was like you know what like what if I took the amount of hours I'm spending making these guys 
thousands of dollars. I mean, they easily made like six figures off of websites I was designing with my 30K salary. I was barely able to afford my rent. And so I was like, what if I took all of that time and actually just put it towards my own business? And Mm -hmm. I didn't just like wake up and quit either. I kind of left that out, but I did negotiate like a telecommuting agreement. And it was really interesting because I did not think they'd go for it. They were very much like, hey, you got to be in the office. And I was like, you know what? Like, I really don't. So if you want to keep me on here to make you all this money, like, let me work from Raleigh, North Carolina. And they were just like, okay. And so I kind of transitioned that way, which made it smoother and made me realize like, okay, like I can do this. Oh, intriguing. And um, do you mind sharing with us how long that transition was? Yeah. So it was, I moved to Raleigh on May 16th um, in 2017, I believe. And then I worked um, remotely for a few months. And then that is when even just taking the time that I had spent in a commute, because I was driving 45 minutes there and 45 minutes back. So even that Mm -hmm. two hours a day, spending that like building my business, it paid off so much. And so I was able to quit in October and go full-time with my business. So I think it was around like six months or so. Love it. Okay. Yes. First of all, that's amazing. Okay. (laughs) Second of all, I would love to do a quick and fast pivot because if you guys even picked up on it, obviously Karima's like bread and butter is building these websites that are actually converting and uh, handling all of the things on like the branding side of the business. So my friend, I would love it if we could start to just like dive into the do's and don'ts of website design. Like tell us everything we need to know because pretty much we're just like here with open arms waiting for all of your wisdom. (laughs) I love it. I love it. Okay. (laughs) So, well, first of all, it's so I get like excited. I'm like moving around in my chair, like doing a little happy dance because I'm like, oh, yay, I get to talk about websites. Um, But first, I actually want to say that I think it's easy for us when we do hear, you know, like, okay, we need a brand and we need a website to overcomplicate it immediately. So I think just as far as anyone listening and anyone who's like actively working on their brand or website, like whether it's DIYing it or actually like saving up to invest one day. Well, one, there's like nothing wrong with bootstrapping it at the beginning and just don't overcomplicate it. You know, like it doesn't have to be perfect. And so I think that there's a lot of resistance when people start a business because they feel like they have to have the perfect website and they have to have the perfect brand and they have to like really just, I don't know, be where people have gotten after like 10 years on day one. And I think that just as far as like the number one tip as for anything starting out is just to know that like shiny object syndrome is real and make sure that you're focusing on the things that actually make you money in your business first and then the website. So that's just like the first thing that to like kind of touch on and preface everything with. Um, But I think that also it's just so important to really build around your ideal client. And that's something I could probably talk about for the next two hours, but I'll try to sum it up. (laughs) But basically, it's like, it's so easy to when you're creating a brand, and even things like your Instagram feed and the graphics you create to think like, okay, I like this. 
but it's not about us. And I think that a lot of people will get in Canva and create these things and just be like, oh yeah, like I chose it because it's cool, because I like it, um, you know, because it like makes me happy to see. But then there's always a disconnect because just because you like it doesn't mean that it's going to resonate with your ideal client. And so just making sure that like you think of them with everything you do, that is the number one tip I have when it comes to it all. Ooh, I love it. And so my follow-up question for that tip is like, I feel like there's going to be somebody listening and they're going to have that kind of like internal resistance, right? And they're going to be like, but if I like it, you know, like what? why would I design something that, you know, my ideal client likes, but maybe I just like freaking hate it. So for that person who is like kind of struggling with that inner resistance, what advice would you give them to, you know, still feel like they can put a little bit of their spirit or spin in it um, while still appealing to that ideal client? Yeah. And that's a great question. And I honestly think it's something that most people struggle with, um, including myself. Because when I started out, I was making it all about me. And I wanted kind of like this edgier brand. And then I realized that the people that I loved working with were like really attracted to like more feminine branding and more artistic branding and illustrations. And I had an identity crisis for a while because I was like, wait, like I'm not this like, believe it or not, if you look at my Instagram feed, you'd probably think pink is one of my favorite colors and it's not. Like, I don't have any pink in my home. But it was just kind of finding that balance. And mm-hmm. so something that I always tell people to do when they're starting out is find, like, the five closest people that are, like, in your circle, family, just five people you talk to on a regular basis. And just send them a text and say, like, how would you describe me? And, like, use three words. And it's so interesting because you'll find that a lot of them will start to use the same words. And so people described me as like feminine, but bold and um, driven and determined. And those were some of the words I got. So I just wrote those all down in a notebook. And I was like, this is how people interpret me. Like, this is what people say about me when I'm not in the room. This is how people describe me. And so those are so authentic and true to who I am, like these words that I want to make sure that the brand that I create reflects that. So I think that taking things into consideration like that and even looking at like your wardrobe, like my wardrobe is leopard print and it is hunter green and it is mustard and it is plum and it is black. And Mm -hmm. if I had a brand that was like hot pink and lime green, it would not make sense. (laughs) But I know a photographer who does have a brand like that and it's beautiful and it's so powerful and that's who she is. Like if you look She literally did a video of her closet the other day and was like, can you tell like everything's on brand? And it was like all silk and lime green and pink. So what's really interesting about that, though, is that we've just been basically like creating a brand around ourselves our entire lives. And that is from how we dress and how we speak and how we decorate our homes and just the things that we're naturally attracted to. So my advice would just be to figure out how you can look at what is so authentic to you and what is a part of you and who you are and figuring out how to really balance that with what your ideal client is attracted to. And it's also interesting to note that a lot of times our ideal clients are attracted to the same things as us and they're automatically attracted to us. And so sometimes it really is seamless, but it's just making sure that it is really something that while it reflects you is meant for them, if that makes sense. It does. It's kind of like double checking. It's just like that kind of like, you know, okay, because I can tell you like, 
as I was building out my brand and getting input from a graphic designer, like getting all of that support and help in doing it, I remember when we decided that kind of like this tealish blue was going to be one of my branding colors. And I remember just being like, I don't even have anything that color in my wardrobe. Like, what the heck is going to happen with this? But what's funny is like, it's been, I don't know, about a year now, I think. And as my brand has kind of evolved like they do, and as I have just kind of embraced it and gotten like really positive feedback and realized that it really is attracting the people that I'm trying to attract. First of all, my closet has a lot more teal and a lot more blue in it than it used to. And I freaking love it. So there we go. (laughs) Yes, exactly. It's kind of like too, once you create something that is around them, like you learn to love it it, typically. And that's how I was with pink. Like I said, like I was never, it's so funny because I was like, I don't want to be a pink girl who use a script fonts. And now that's like (laughs) something that I do for a lot of people and I love it. And it's the same thing. Like I've started buying blush things and it's just like so interesting how we do evolve and how things can kind of balance out who we are with like what our business needs to be. Yes, absolutely. Okay. So you answered my tough question. I just felt like someone out there was going to ask it. So I was like, let's just get it out of the way and get them their answers. So the next thing that's really on my mind, because we've we've touched a little bit on branding and just making sure that we're taking our ICA um, into account as we're developing those ideas. But my next question for you is really around that website. I would really like to like dive into that and start talking about, okay, for the person who's bootstrapping, let's start there. Mm-hmm. What are the non-negotiables that are those money makers that they need to make sure are a part of their website from the get-go? Yes, such a good question. So basically the foundation to like any site that is the what you absolutely have to have like non-negotiables is a home page, obviously, an about page. That's the most clicked on page on your site a services page or a work with me page or just some sort of page that promotes your offers, a contact page so they can reach out to you. And then I always have a kind words or testimonials page. And this doesn't even necessarily have to be something that you like show on your site, but having it, even if it's like unlinked and being able to send it to people, if they are inquiring about something or when you send over a quote, just saying like, Hey, by the way, if you want to read some testimonials and just having that like kind of social proof, a place for video testimonials, just all of that. That's a really good thing for conversions to have. So those are my top five pages that you need to have. And also just to consider on the homepage. And it's really easy to try to get not even try to get it's very easy to get overwhelmed when you sit down and you're like, okay, I'm going to create a website today. (laughs) And when it's what's so interesting about it, though, is like when you look at big players in your industry, you'll find that everyone kind of has the same flow to a website. And so even just studying that and making some notes on the things that you see like recurring on people in your industries, like just take some notes of that and say, okay, they always have a hero image at the top. So that's probably a good idea. And then maybe like a short paragraph about you. Usually there's some sort of promotion of how they can work with you. There's usually a newsletter sign up, which you can make super basic if you don't even want to go into creating a lead magnet right away. Like just create some sort of place to collect the emails in the back end, even if you're not actively sending them something yet. And then sometimes there's some blog highlights. Sometimes there's a featured testimonial. Then you typically have some sort of call to action and then a footer. 
And so I think it's really easy to see all these sites, especially like these beautiful sites that are kind of like the scrapbook style and get so obsessed Mm -hmm. with wanting to like be so crazy creative and not like missing the big points. And those are the big points. It's like making sure that you have these call to actions, having photos, having photos of yourself so people can connect with you and just having like the basic pages so people can go on that journey, even if it's like so, so simple. Yes. So I am wondering now, let's let's stick with the theme of when someone's bootstrapping for now. And then we're going to transition because I want to talk about like the real stuff. But yeah. when someone is bootstrapping, do you still recommend like they pre-prepare those materials before they even start the build out process? And I'm only asking because I know that when I initially was doing every single bit of my website myself, I got so overwhelmed just with plugging in the content before I had it written, right? And then made the mistake that like people tell you not to make in retrospect, which I was like writing content directly into the website. And then I think I lost some of it. And I just like wanted to cry for hours. (laughs) So can you give us your advice on that? Yeah, so there are kind of two ways to do this. And so the first way is if you really are not a person who can just sit down and write, because those people definitely exist. And so if you search like Latin placeholder copy, you can get just that placeholder copy. And so you can go through and again, I'm a big fan of not reinventing the wheel. So like look at people whose sites you love people who are in your industry who are doing things well and say, okay, they have four paragraphs of copy, like that's probably a good amount because those people have paid 1000s of dollars for a copywriter. And if you if they have four paragraphs, and you have, you know, three Google Doc pages worth for one section, that's (laughs) probably like a good idea to be like, okay, I'm going to cut this down. So just see the amount, right? And then you can copy and paste that into a doc or on your site with placeholder text. And then if you're doing that direction, then you can go in in like a Google Doc and fill in the blanks. And I like to do it in a Google Doc, because whenever you're like bootstrapping it, I think it's good to have another set of eyes on it, even if it's from a friend, even if it's just like pasting it in Grammarly, whatever that looks like. Um, But making sure again, you don't just like delete a section and lose it as well. So that's Mm -hmm. one way people like to do it. And another is just creating the content and the page outlines in like a doc or a Word doc before even starting on the site. And I think this is definitely the best way if it's something people can do because technically – for like from a conversion aspect, your design should reflect your copy. And so it's easier to design around copy and not vice versa. And so if you have like a photo of you like with your dog on your about page, you shouldn't have to write paragraphs on your dog. Like it should be just in your copy (laughs) somewhere. And you're like, I'm going to put this image in here because it makes sense. Just as like a quick example of that. Um, But for that way, I like to tell people like just get out a doc, put five bullet points, and those are going to be your five pages. So say you have home, about, services, kind words, contact. And then from there, put like five sub bullet points under each and then just like sleep on it and then revisit it the next day and then just start to write for one page at a time. And it's one of those things, again, like we look at it and we're like, this is so hard. But when you break it down into small tasks, it becomes so much more manageable. And it's so much easier to sit down and say, okay, I'm going to write four paragraphs for the about page today. And then tomorrow I'll start on this or whatever that looks like. Yes. So good. So guys, 
She just gave you the blueprint. Break it down. Make it simple. (laughs) Feel free to take multiple days because this is not like we don't need to get it done. I mean, first of all, you're not going to get it done in 20 minutes. So just like let that go. You're right. Let that dream go. (laughs) Let that go and take your time, especially if you're bootstrapping. But even so, this is the same if you were like building a website from scratch and you would need this content from somebody, right? Yeah, this is the exact process I actually use with my own clients um, just because of that exact reason. Like it's so, so like far in between where clients are like, hey, like I want to start this process. I have all my copy written. It's usually like, okay, like we're starting now. We need to write the copy. And mm-hmm. it's also I think people th- think that this is going to be like once they see the copy that it's going to be like 30 pages of like a doc but really it's usually like four because when you think about websites there's unless it's like a sales page or something like that like there's really not that much text on them it's kind of just like finding that good balance especially a home page like you probably need a couple paragraphs and maybe like a few sentences to go under your offers or whatever but like there's really not that much text and so even doing the easy pages first like your contact page all you have to write is like hey reach out through the form and i'll be in touch within 48 hours thanks like you know it, it's it's not as much as we think it is Yes, that's so true. You make a really, really good point. A lot of times it's like, it's about the, what did you call it? The hero shot? Never knew that's what it was called. (laughs) (laughs) Now I know. (laughs) Yeah, aka banner image. (laughs) Gotcha. This episode is brought to you by Interact. Remember those BuzzFeed quizzes like, what type of ice cream are you? Yeah, Interact is a tool for creating quizzes just like those, except it also acts as a way for your business to generate leads and build that oh-so-important email list. I use it to host my quiz, What's Your Enneagram Leadership Type? With hundreds of ready-made templates and the option to create unlimited quizzes from scratch, you will literally have hundreds of opportunities to attract the right clients, especially new ones. Don't miss out on this beautiful opportunity to grow your business in a fun and unique way. You can sign up for Interact today by heading on over to the show notes and getting a link to create your first quiz for free right now. That's right. I said it is free 99 to create your first quiz. It doesn't get much better than that. Okay, beautiful. So now we know what we need to have, right? Like these are the non-negotiable guys. So this is what we need to have. But I want to hear from the expert herself. What are like those huge glaring common mistakes that you see when you go in and like audit a website or just, you know, when you're normally peeking at other people's websites? What are some of those missteps that you see? Mm, Yes. So the number one thing would be just use like overusing stock images. And trust me, like I know stock images have a place. Like I use stock images for the first year of my business because I just couldn't afford to go get like professional headshots taken. But Make sure that like when you're using a stock image, try not to use one that's like on the first page of a website like Unsplash because every entrepreneur has gone to Unsplash at one point to look for (laughs) probably the same keyword that you've done. And having stock images like that people have seen a million times just kind of makes the effect like lost when they view your site. And so it's ideal to have an image of yourself. And I totally know that not everyone can do that. But I think that's another thing that we overcomplicate because you don't have to have every image be from like a professional photographer. Like you can really use like the free app Lightroom and take some on your iPhone and use them as long as they're not like huge images, like the banner images on your site. Like you can use those through 
throughout. Like I've had people who have created sites that are, I mean, multi-six figure businesses that will put a selfie on their sites now even. It's kind of like a trend because people want to feel like that connection like on the about page. And so it's just something to think like you need to be present on your site. Because I was on someone's site the other day and I was emailing back and forth with her and she seemed great. And I was like, I just want to see this girl. And so I went to her site and there is no picture of her. And then I went to her Instagram and there is no picture of her. It was just stock images and a logo. And then I even looked her up on LinkedIn and finally I found a picture. And I was like, that's what I wanted to see because those photos of you on your site are the things that lead to connection points. It's what makes you human. And so many people miss that. So just making sure that you're somewhere on your site, even if it's a selfie on your about page, like just be on your site. Don't make people stalk your LinkedIn like me. (laughs) And then go go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to say going down like the full on rabbit hole to try to figure out who you are. (laughs) Truly, like I was determined. I was like this girl, like I need to know what she looks like. Like I love her, but who is she? (laughs) And, And I think that another thing too is just not making it easy to like contact you. And people, people want to get in touch with you. And like when they do it, has to be so easy. Like people do not have the patience to go through a bunch of rabbit holes. People are not going to want to email you directly. Like make sure that you have some sort of form, some sort of if you want people to call you, like your number, your direct email, if they want to send you one, like just make it so easy to contact you and go ahead and like schedule a call even if you do consultation calls and make sure that people don't really have to wait. And that's another really big kind of like thing that I see when I do a lot of audits. It's just, I'm like, so you say schedule a free consultation call, but you don't have anywhere for them to schedule it. Mm, Let me tell you. And then when you, sometimes when you bootstrap, the thing is like, we miss those things. So (laughs) that was a very good tip for sure. Yeah. And then the third thing was just being like, make sure you have call to actions too, because it's easy to be like, okay, I'm going to design the site. And I like, people don't use these buttons. They, but trust me, like they, they use those buttons. And so like everywhere that you can throw in some sort of call to action or link, like just add it, add links everywhere, because those are basically like red flashing lights in people's face that's like, hey, like reach out to me. Let's talk. Let's hop on a call. Here's what I offer again. Hey, did you know I do consultations? Like it's constantly in their face and that's how you have to be on your website. Mm, So true. I click those buttons all the time, just saying. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Me too. And it's so many people when bootstrapping it, they like add like one at the bottom. I'm like, no, we got to we got to throw those suckers all over. (laughs) Oh, I love it. Um, So I'm curious. Okay, I feel like we've covered, you know, what the bootstrapper needs to do. And then just for anybody, what some of those more common mistakes are. And how you can like fix them to increase that client experience, right? So I'm a little bit curious, like even taking it up a notch. So let's let's go to a world where Karima is super happy because everybody has all of the non-negotiables handled. We've got like buttons galore. We've got a couple of contact pages, so on and so forth, right? How do we up-level our websites from there? Is it like, I mean, I think I know the answer. It's like, call Karima. She'll do it for you. But (laughs) tell us a little bit about what it looks like to like take things up to that next level. Yeah. And so that is basically, and I just to go off of that, like want to say like, I'm a big fan of bootstrapping it for like the first, even like year you're in business, like if not more, because I think that that 
time where you're doing it yourself, you learn so much about your brand that when you are able to take it to the next level and maybe like hire someone or whatever that looks like, you're like, you're ready for it. Like, you know who you are, you know, the kind of clients you want to work with, because the biggest mistake is that people jump the gun and they're like, okay, I had the idea of starting a business last night in my sleep. And now I'm going to throw thousands (laughs) of dollars like towards a brand and a website. And it's just really getting ahead of yourself because those are the brands that have to rebrand within like six months Mm -hmm. and have to repay someone to do that because one, they didn't learn how to do those things themselves. Like they don't know how to even manage their website and stuff. And two, they probably, I mean, your business from the time, if you think back when you first had the idea of it to where you are now, no matter how long or short that is, like it's changed. And so going into the process with clarity is so important. And so just when you are ready, like typically I find that the sweet spot for people when they're really ready to like up level their brand and website is like a year or two. And so they've gotten the clarity, they have the testimonials, they have the content, they have the services and they're like, okay, like I know I'm at a place now where I really want to maybe charge like a way higher price point or really just feel like elevated and cohesive. And so that's kind of the time that you can really either obviously like reach out to some designers, see how they feel, or even just like really familiar familiarize yourself with like the tools that are out there to create things. Like if you want to take a course even or do like a pre-made, you know, brand or something that's just going to get you to the next step. Because in in business, like we're always taking next steps and always kind of up-leveling. So there's always kind of a time that, you know, you can even take the next step without maybe being like, okay, I'm going to fully go in and pay for like the custom experience yet. But just you will feel that you've outgrown your brand basically is like when you know when. Like you'll just start Mm -hmm. to dread like your Instagram post and dread taking people (laughs) to your website. You're like, oh, you want to go to my website? Can you just go, can you just go to Calendly and schedule a call? (laughs) So it's, it's when you start to kind of feel like disappointed and like not even a little bit excited or confident to show it off. You're like, okay, this might be time to like reevaluate and, and figure out how to like really elevate what's already there. Yes, I love that so much. And let me just like chime in because I feel like it helps people to hear, you know, personal experience. And I'll just go ahead and put it out there in about it's been just under, I think, a year since I've officially moved into the space, um, you know, away from corporate and like solidifying my own personal brand and all of those things. And my website has probably seen, I would say, like three distinct phases, right? Like there are probably three phases where it's pretty obvious that, you know, there's been some major changes to my website and it was all bootstrapped. Literally, I think it was like two weeks ago, my best friend sent me the most cringeworthy screenshot of like what my banner used to be like. (laughs) Guys, 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 let me tell you, it was an iPhone picture which God knows how it was decent quality enough to not be totally pixelated. But it's like this iPhone picture. I'm standing outside in front of a brick wall. And I specifically remember that my husband took it of me and we're at a beer festival. Yes. Okay. All right. So it. look, 
we've all been there. It's okay is all I'm trying to say. A hundred percent. Mine was a stock image that literally now, like if you Google the word stock image, I'm pretty sure it's what comes up. Like it's the, just the most <laughs> generic, like flat lay with like the the Mac and the fake plant. Like, mm-hmm. and I mean, it's okay. Like, you know what? It got me, it got me to have something up. And so I was just like, and there, like you said, there's a time where you're just like, okay, like I've outgrown this. And there's- oh yeah actually a um I can't think of the name I'll have to send it to you afterwards it's like a free tool online and it's like you can go back and look at your website from years ago and (gasps) I love to do it to people like I just it's like my way of going through like my high school yearbook I'm like what did their website look like three years ago and even mine like it was so bad guys like it was like green and navy and like a lot of green and navy and like not good shades of green and navy (laughs) it's it's fun oh yes you have got to share that tool with like that is actually like I'm almost a little bit scared but I want (laughs) to do it anyways so I definitely need to know what that is later (laughs) yeah yeah, I'll send it and like even stock like your favorite because it's so easy to see you know like the leading entrepreneurs be like, okay, I'm going to go to Amy Porterfield's site. Oh my gosh, it's so great. But when you put it in this like throwback thing, you're like, okay, she started from somewhere too. (laughs) Oh, that would be so just like validating to everybody. Yes, we've got to get this thing later on. Okay, beautiful. (laughs) All right. So we are starting to wrap up on time, which I hate because I actually am starting to like fully step into geeking out about all this website <laughs> stuff with you. Um, so what I am curious about at this moment is just like some final thoughts from you on what you feel like if I didn't ask you anything or anything like that, just like give us your final thoughts on what we need to know about designing a website that is actually converting for us. Yeah, so I think that just as like, a good like food for thought and something to think about. Like if you've already started one and you're at a phase where, or if you're at a phase where you know you're about to start one, just again, remember that like done is better than perfect and get something up because it's easier to refine something than start from scratch. And so even if it's really time blocking or just setting a goal for yourself to say, I'm going to have the first five pages of my website up next week. It's one of those things that really is like a disciplined practice. Like you have to do it because it's not muscle memory. It's not something that we just can like log in and create a website and just know how to do it. It really is hard at first. And so if you're at a phase where you know that's something that you need, just sit down and do it and then schedule in time like a few days later or a week later to actually go through it with a fresh set of eyes. And you'll be amazed at how much easier that makes it than just trying to sit down and be like, okay, today's the day I have to create a perfect website. It just allows you to like take the pressure off and know that it can be done in steps. And then after you get there, like share it with some people that you trust and say like, hey, just give me some honest feedback on this. Like I've worked really hard for this. I don't expect it to be like, probably the most perfect thing in the world, but what do you think? And like bonus if they're in the entrepreneur space and see how they experience your site and take that feedback and implement it. And just know that like your website doesn't have to be something that once you do it, it has to stay the same. Like it's something that can continue to evolve and change. Like I just changed my entire about me page today because I was like, I don't like this at all anymore. And I did it like two <laughs> months ago. So just knowing that it's it's something that is like liquid, like you can change it, you can add to it. It doesn't have to just stay like it's not set in stone when you create it. And just giving yourself that permission, I think is super helpful. 
Oh, that is so helpful. And um, just to connect it back with the idea that you had earlier around the value of kind of learning at least the basics, because that enables you to go back and kind of tweak it by yourself, even if you had a web designer come in and do all of the beautification and all of those things. So I love it. Yes. Yes, girl. (laughs) Okay. Well, as we close out for the day, I want to know what is coming up for you in your business? What are you excited about? Like, let us in on just all the things Karima and all of your goodness. Yeah. So I just recently launched a podcast and you were one of my guests already. So everyone should go check that out. But um, (laughs) it's called Creative Minds Think Alike. And that name came to me in my sleep. I was like, wait, hold on. And so that's where that origin is from. But I am mostly like, I'm chatting on there. I release episodes every Tuesday. I'm also always on Instagram. Um, I'm carrymutt.com. Creative and my website's carrymacreative.com. I just recreated a um, really good kind of freebie and it's at the bottom of my site. And I'm sure it'll be like linked in the show notes, but it really walks you through A to Z when it comes to creating like a brand and a website that converts. It breaks down like in a workbook fashion, like, okay, here's exactly what I need. It makes sure that you pick a name that makes sense and that like people can actually pronounce. It's just really like a deep dive without hiring someone. So I'll make sure that I shoot that over so we can link that. And yeah, whenever people are, if they're ever ready, my biggest, like you said, bread and butter is working one-on-one for brands and websites. I even do website refreshes, website audits. So if anyone's ready for one of the higher end services, I do those as well. Oh yeah. Best believe y'all she going to be on the short list for this website <laughs> refresh one of these days. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so make sure to go connect with Karima. Karima, thank you so much for joining us today. This was literally so insightful. And I just, I'm, I'm really excited about the fact that a lot of what you said, we can take action on it today, tomorrow, in the next week. And we on the Tipod audience, like we love stuff like that. So thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you.